Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday to you. It is the end of a good week, the end of a good week in the Word, and we are going verse by verse through the book of Acts, chapter 12, verses 1 to 25 today. How you doing? Uh, going to be a good weekend? Uh, are you in the Word? Are you enjoying the book of Acts? Because uh, I know that I am. Uh, I just love it. I really do love it. And I love today's passage so much because it sounds so much like me and our church. And, and I just love it. Uh, it starts out uh, in a really dark way, the, the way that the persecution begins to uh, increase. Uh, King Herod Agrippa begins to persecute believers in the church. He has James, uh, son of Zebedee, killed by the sword. Uh, just matter of fact, we, we really haven't heard much about James, son of Zebedee, uh, but uh, obviously he was a prominent Christian and prominent Christian leader, and his uh, execution was so popular. Now let that sink in. His execution was so popular, so politically popular with people that King Herod decides to go ahead and, and increase persecution. So he has Peter arrested with plans to put him on a public trial and no doubt execute him as well. Again, knowing that this is going to score points with the populace. Um, that really, gosh, you know, uh, in the United States, we've always enjoyed, you know, such freedom. And in many ways, the church has had, you know, a real place of prominence and prestige, um, when I was younger, it was common for people to go to church because they thought that that would help them in business. It was somehow socially uh, a positive thing to be seen as a Christian, to be seen as a churchgoer. But in my lifetime, that's changed a lot. And it's no longer considered uh, socially uh, acceptable, you know, even advisable to be a prominent, outspoken, notable Christian. And uh, I just worry, you know, if, if we're on a slope, you know, sliding toward this kind of situation where it actually becomes, you know, uh, politically popular, you know, to, uh, to put Christians on the, uh, on the, in, in the shadows, you know, on, on the backside. Uh, again, don't mean to be gloomy, but just the very thought of this, you know, that it was so politically popular to, to kill prominent Christians in public, um, at any rate, uh, this puts Peter in prison, and uh, Peter's awaiting trial and execution, and the scripture says the church prayed for him earnestly, and that's important. I think this first part of chapter 12 has a lot to say about prayer, and they begin to pray earnestly. It's been a long time, if ever, in my lifetime that uh, the Christian church in the United States had, had to go to prayer, you know, I mean, earnestly. We, we pray for things, you know, but uh, rarely something of this kind of magnitude. Your your pastor, you know, one of your leaders, uh, is in prison and and awaiting execution. This is commonplace in other parts of the world, though. So don't ever forget that we are uh, really in a in an amazing place of freedom, uh, and uh, in favor. Uh, at any rate, here we go. I love this story. Verse six and following. The night before Peter is to be placed on trial. So possibly the night before he dies. You know, I mean, James was killed you know, without a question. So I don't know what kind of trial we're expecting here, but it's likely that Peter's going to go on trial publicly and die the next day. Very likely. So how does he sleep? <laughs> 
mean, he's sleeping like a baby. I, I love this. I mean, my goodness, you know, there are nights I can't sleep, you know, and I'm worrying over the dumbest little thing. And here's Peter, you know, probably the last night of his life, and he's just sleeping like a baby. And and I love that. Uh, meanwhile, there's this all-night prayer vigil going on, you know, for his release. He doesn't really know about that, but... Uh, an angel of the Lord appears like a bright light, you know, shining in his cell. And uh, I love this. I love this um, <laughs> because it's like Peter is so asleep that the angel like has to like, hey, you know, Peter, get up, get up, Peter, wake up, you know, and then notice that, you know, quick, get up. The chains fall off his wrist. And then the angel says, get dressed. Okay, now. Put on your left sand. Okay, put your foot in. I mean, like the angel. <laughs> you know, all right. Put on your coat now. All right. Put all right. You know, left arm. Right. I mean, Peter is just out of it. He is so asleep. And then you know they start walking down the road, and 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 you know it's just you know literally just leading him by the hand. Put him on your coat. Follow me. Peter's following the angel the whole time, and the scripture says he don't know what's happening. He thinks he's dreaming. He thinks it's a vision. He has no clue. And the angel, you know, guides him right through the guard, you know, past the guard houses and right out into safety. And then the angel vanishes. And like at that moment, you know, Peter's like, <laughs> and then he realizes, you know, what 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 just happened. I, I love that so much. Peter doesn't realize what the Lord has done for him until after it's done. Uh, and, and I love that principle, you know, that, that, you know, he doesn't even know what God is doing until after it's done, man. That, that is just me, you know, the Lord literally having to just lead me every step of the way, tell me every move to make, because I'm so sleepy or dumb, I could totally, you know, walk, you know, off a cliff. And, and meanwhile, the Lord is just so patient and good and working with me. And then when it's all over, I'm thinking, wait, you know, what just happened? You know, God was just really good to me. You know, look what God just did. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to see it sometimes in the moment, I'm saying. So Peter comes to his senses. It says he goes to the home of Mary, uh, the mother of John Mark. I've probably said this before. I know I said it here at Woodburn in the pulpit lately at Easter. Um, I, I believe that this is, you know, sort of the headquarters of the church in Jerusalem. Obviously, Mary has a large home, can accommodate uh, a lot of people. She is named as the owner of the house, which means this is one of those rare situations where the woman has prominence. Likely, she's a widow or her husband would be named. Uh, all we have named is her young son, whose name is John Mark. So he goes to the house. He knows where they would be. And that's what I'm saying. It's kind of a headquarters. He doesn't have to wonder where to find them. He goes straight to Mary's house, knocks on the door, and there's a servant girl named Rhoda who sees that it's Peter, freaks out, slams the door back, and runs back in. All right. It's an all-night prayer meeting for Peter's you know, release. I mean, that's what they're doing. They're praying. They're praying for Peter. It's an all-night prayer meeting for Peter. And then Peter shows up at the door. You know, and, and so Rhoda runs back and says, hey, Peter's at the door. And the people say, you're crazy. You know, don't bother us. We're praying for Peter. <laughs> it's, it's so insane. And it also sounds just like our church because God has answered their prayer. The answer to their prayer is standing at the door. But it's easier for them, you know, to believe something else. You know, they're like, no, it can't be Peter. It must be his ghost. All right, they're having this whole conversation while Peter's at the door. They have left him at risk for, you know, being, you know, recaptured. 
But meanwhile, they're still debating. It's probably his, you know, probably his angel. All right? It's a Jewish kind of superstition that every person might have a heavenly counterpart that is briefly visible when you die. So it's the same thing as saying, eh, it can't be him, it's his ghost. You know, In other words, it's easier for them to believe that Peter's dead in the middle of their all-night prayer meeting, when Peter shows up, it's easier to believe that's got to be his ghost, you know, than to believe that God answered their prayer. Like, it doesn't even dawn on them that God's answered their prayer, you know, with Peter standing at the door, you know. So Peter's like, hey, 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 let me in, let me in. And Peter continues knocking. They finally open the door. They see him. They're amazed. He motions for them to quiet down, tells them how the Lord led him out of the prison. Says, listen, tell James, the, the, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, tell James and the other believers, uh, the other brothers what has happened, and then he goes to another place. Doesn't say where he went there. Uh, I guess we could argue, is, is, this, is he running out of fear? Is he running out of faith? I, 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 I don't know, but it makes sense to me that Peter needs to get out of town. So Peter gets out of town. Um, at dawn, there's a great commotion. They realize that Peter's not there. Herod Agrippa orders a thorough search. And then he, uh, Herod leaves Judea and goes to Caesarea for a while. Uh, uh, what follows here at the end of this story is a really weird little story about the death of Herod Agrippa. Uh, basically, in, in the context of chapter 12, what this illustrates is just the power of Herod versus the power of God. This is an historical event that is documented uh, in the writings of, say, Josephus. Josephus writes of this, the death of Herod. Uh, and apparently on this day, it's a magnificent, uh, magnificent day for Herod. Uh, by historical record, he wears this, this uh, shimmering silver robe, like Lady Gaga, you know, or Liberace. You know, he's out here in this, I mean, it's just blinding in the sunlight and he's loving it. And that's part of why the people think, oh my goodness, he looks like a god, you know. And Herod is soaking it up, man. He is wearing his, you know, silver robe, letting the sun bounce off of him. And God says, I am so done with you. And so uh, God uh, strikes him dead. According to Josephus, uh, in Luke here in the book of Acts, it, it seems that he just instantly consumed with worms and, and, and dies, struck down. Uh, Josephus says that the illness lasted five days. And, and again, I, I, I don't know. Uh, verse 24, meanwhile, the word of God continues to spread uh, many new believers and Barnabas and Saul uh, finished mission Jerusalem and they returned. They took John Mark with them. So again, pay attention to that. Pay attention to the fact that young John Mark is now with them, taken from the home of Mary and, uh, and on they go. Uh, we'll pick up right here, chapter 13 on Monday morning. Uh, I, I love you guys so much. Guys, uh, like I say, th th this chapter is so good to me. Um, uh, quickly, let me let me preach again. Um, I, I think just lessons for prayer. Don't ever doubt what God can do, but don't assume that you know what He will do. In the course of one chapter here, James is killed and Peter is rescued. You know, obviously God is able to rescue both, but but for whatever reason, God doesn't rescue James. James is killed. Peter is rescued. So you, you can't doubt what God will do. Look what God does for Peter, but you don't always know what He will do. And not everybody gets rescued, and that is just part of the mystery and struggle of, of walking in faith. Uh, second, uh, I, like I said, uh, God works in his time. You know, Peter is rescued at the very last minute. They've been praying for days, you know, and it's at the very last minute. God will never abandon you, never forsake 
forsake you, but he sure will scare you to death. And he lets Peter go to the very last minute before the rescue for his own purposes. And, uh, and I trust him and I love him. Uh, and then the last thing, I just, I love the way God is so much more faithful in answering our prayers. And we are in praying again, even when the answer to the prayer is standing at the door, you know, they still can't believe it even as they pray, you know, and I love the fact that God just answers our prayers anyway, as, as thick headed and sometimes small of faith as we are, God answers prayers so much more faithfully than we pray. Uh, uh, and that just makes me want to pray more, you know? Uh, listen, I'll see you Monday morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. I love you guys so much. Have a good weekend.